We've been on a topic for several weeks, and the title has been Winning the War in Your Mind. Winning the War in Your Mind. And we've had several messages. Pastor Nate has done a fantastic job bringing to us thoughts and messages, helping us. And I jumped in last week, and today I want to sort of bring it full circle as we land this talk that we've been on. And my message title today is Warning Contents Under Pressure. I got this little device right here. It's really small. It's lightweight. <laughs> Some people are sitting here like this. <laughs> and I move my finger like this and, you, and then I back off again and I'm tormenting you. But I think all of us know what would happen because Inside this little container, it may be small and it may be light, but there's a lot of pressure in here. And just a little, just a. <laughs> you still jumped, even though, I mean, the whole thing is like, boom, it's just, it's just funny. I tested it upstairs and I said, hello, wait, 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 wait. And my wife, she wouldn't listen to me. And I hit that button and she jumped. And she said, why didn't you warn me? I'm like, I was warning you. Hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. Content's under pressure. Some of us live our lives and <laughs> I think there's some people that need that label on their chest. We need to buy them a t-shirt that says, warning Contents under pressure. Because <laughs> you get around them and it's not very long and boom and it's loud and it's like unexpected. I read something that's gonna change your life. Did you know the word stressed spelled backwards is desserts? That's a word from heaven for some of you right there. Come on, did you know that? Look at, isn't that the most, that's the most amazing thing. So today for dinner, for lunch, desserts. Turn stress around and put some whipped cream on top of it. <laughs> you know, they got these whipped cream bottles that also are under pressure and they got that little thing at the top that's, uh, and you bend it over and the whipped cream comes out and so, I buy that because that's something I have taught all of my grandkids is necessary for survival. <laughs> now, I get the one that's low fat and zero calories, and I don't know what's in it. It doesn't really, it says nothing. It's just like air, but it is the most amazing stuff comes out of there that tastes good, and we don't put it on anything. So we just stand around. It's funny when the kids are little, they come up to me, they say, Papa, I want... <laughs> <laughs> Because it's, 
And, and, and it's like a mama bird feeding the babies. I get a can, we all line up. Isn't it the truth? They all line up and just go one up there. Desserts. Let's look at a scripture and let me share a few thoughts with you today out of Philippians 4. It's really an, an interesting scripture and, and so let's just kind of dive in for a little bit, give a couple of points on that and then I wanna land on the thought of what we say to ourselves. Uh, Philippians 4, thank you. Uh, it says, uh, can we just, let's all read it out loud together. Can we do that? Are you good? You good right here? Let's start. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, stop. Whose peace? Do you think God's worried about anything? I mean, think about this. You, is God like, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Is that God? Paul's writing this to a church, the church at Philippi, okay? And he says, let's pick up, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Hold on. This is the part that we get caught in. Because we're trying to understand it. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. This song said it, the things I don't understand even I have to lean on him. But he said there's a peace that you can have that will transcend even the things you're trying to understand. There, and, and that's where I think we struggle because we, we haven't gotten there or we don't stay there. Are you with me? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, pick up with me, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated. So I want us to look at how we can face anxiety and stress and avoid blowing up under pressure and how to win this battle in our mind. The battle in your mind, listen, you're not gonna win it and be done, okay? Please get that, that's gotta be, you gotta own that. The battle in your mind is every day, every day, every day, sometimes every hour, every hour, sometimes every minute. Depending on the circumstance you're in or what, you're, uh, what has gotten your attention, you, the battle of your mind is gonna be constant. So you gotta decide, okay, what am I gonna do about that? What disciplines am I gonna put in place if this battle is constant, and it is, because our mind, you, you can't control all these thoughts because you're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're smelling things, you're tasting things, you're feeling things, you're reading things, you're watching things. It's all coming in. Even not knowing it, you're driving down the road trying to stay in your lane and there's peripheral vision and it, your brain is picking up on all of these things, sounds in the car, you're registering even though you don't know you're registering. All of this stuff is coming into your head. So 
So how do we win the battle in our mind? Paul gave us three basic things right here. Let me, let me talk about them. He said, firstly, worry about nothing. <laughs> and most of us would say, that's a joke, right? So why did Paul say in verse six, don't be anxious about anything? It's a whole lot easier to say than to do. Well, let me give you a couple of facts about worry, okay? Help you to get some handles on this. 40%, 40% of what we worry about never happens. It just never happens. It's only in your imagination. It's all the what if stuff. 40%, almost half of the things that are stressing you out, it's all in your head. It's just in your imagination, 30% of what we worry about has already happened. It's in your past. And no matter how much worry you put towards it, it won't change it. So just right there, let me help you and lift 70% of the weight off your shoulders. 70% of what you're worried about, 40's not ever gonna happen and 30% already has happened. So 70% of the things you're worried about is worthless. Think of how much more fun you could be having. Then they tell us that 10% of what we worry about is petty things, insignificant. They're like, did I turn the coffee pot off? Did I take the the clothes out of the dryer? And we worry about 10%. It's taking up all this headspace. Just leave it alone till you get home. Make a note. And then when you get home, worry about it. Go fix it. But don't worry about things and stress. And see, we do that. And I do that sometimes with Janet. I'll tell her, you know, things going on in my life, things in my, because I have pet peeves, she has pet peeves, and they're not the same. And so the things that'll bother you sometimes don't bother the other people. And and you gotta learn to cope with that. You gotta learn to, sometimes you just need to calm down. Some of the things I get uptight about, I have to realize it's just the lens in which I look through and it doesn't change how life's gonna happen at all. It just changes how I feel about it. And right now it's okay for me just to let a few things be like they are and not be such a, you know, so anal about stuff. We get OCD, is that what they call that? OCD? What does it stand for? Obsessive. Obsessive. Do you know anything about that, Jared? Obsessive, (laughs) compulsive, Disorder, is it called disorder? Where'd they come up with all this disorder stuff? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? They can't give a name to it, so just call it a disorder. I got a lot of them. Sometimes you just need to calm down. But then here's the thing, only 8%, psychologists tell us this, only 8% of the things we worry about are actually legitimate concerns. So that's why I think Paul was onto something when he said, What are you worried about? Quit worrying about so many things because most of it doesn't matter anyway. Why are you letting your whole life be consumed with things that have already happened or are only in your imagination or don't amount to anything? Did you know that Paul wrote this verse while he was sitting in a jail cell? (laughs) He's in prison Let's put some perspective on this. He's in prison for talking about Jesus and preaching Jesus, and he's telling all of us, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything. And he's in shackles, and it's damp, and it's cold, and he's alone, and he's probably waiting on a beating. Are you with me? 
Jesus taught, he said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles on its own. I think Jesus was just trying to tell us, don't open your umbrella until it starts raining. It'd be foolish, right? Pop, walk around the sun. Now, there's people who do that because they don't want the sun on them. I'm not one of those kind of people. But people that walk around, can you imagine walking around with your umbrella open and it's not even raining? That's what it's like to worry. Tomorrow will get here soon enough and we can't do one thing about it until it gets here. So what I'm trying to tell you is live today. Let's live the moment right now. Let's deal with today and we can face tomorrow when it gets here. That's what Jesus is trying to say. He said, don't worry about anything. And I think some of you might get stuck because you don't want to deal with today. You throw it off as if I'm worried about tomorrow simply because you're just ignoring the things you need to be dealing with right now. So worry about nothing. Second thing Paul says in this verse, he said, pray about everything. What well, sounds simple, right? Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus! You know, someone's about to have an accident, the first thing, Jesus! And they don't even know who he is, maybe. You know, it's like, all of a sudden, they become a believer. Why? Because there's something powerful in that name. But pray about everything. He says, in everything by prayer and petition. But I don't have time to pray. No, you do. <laughs> Make time to pray. Let me tell you what prayer is in its simplest forms. And, and this is a personal journey for me because, well, because of a lot of reasons. But here's, let, let me try to sum it up for you. For, at least this is the lens I see prayer through. Prayer is surrendering. Now, I'm a busy guy. I like to keep busy. I like to have stuff going on. I like to chart my time. And, and so... If I, you're talking to somebody you can't see, but you see what he's done. You're talking to somebody you're not sure he's going to talk back. And if he did speak in an audible voice, I'm not sure what I'd, how I'd respond. Oh, that was God. No problem. No, I'd probably be like, where did that come from? Right? Did I have one too many cups of coffee today? I'm hearing things. Right? But I've summed it up that prayer is surrendering. Prayer is also realizing that I don't have all my answers. Okay, so let's just be, be real clear about prayer. Whether you kneel down, stand up, pray while you're driving, pray while you're, the Bible says pray always. So I've learned, I have, I'm having conversations with God as much as I can at any point and any time of the day because I'm surrendering and I'm like, I don't, I need, I don't know what I need to do. And then here's the line that I think, the statement that really affected me in prayer and my relationship with God was that prayer shows my dependence on God. And some of us, we're just too big for our britches, as my mom used to say, and we need to come down a notch or two and realize you need God in your life. And when I pray, it's submitting, it's surrender. It's like, I, I don't know what to do. I know you do, so somehow I gotta hear that. I need him in my life, I want him in my life, so I talk to him and I talk with him. Now, some people think that God only cares about religious stuff. 
you know, but, but God cares about car payments. He cares about leaky bathroom faucets and he cares about your kid's runny nose. He cares about broken hearts. He cares about broken marriages. He cares about college tuition and you need to talk to him about it and you need to listen to him. And instead of worrying about your marriage, you need to do something about it. Instead of worrying about your job, you need to do something about it. Instead of not praying, you need to pray about it. Say, God, I need you. <laughs> and a statement Pastor Nathan I just heard this morning is we ask God for everything and we give him nothing. <laughs> give him some of your time. Give him your thoughts. The Phillips translation of this verse says, when you pray, tell God every detail of your life. The God who made your fingerprint unique has no problem handling the details of your life. You can talk to God about anything. In fact, Paul says, pray with petition. That word petition means make your requests known and be specific. You, you write it down. You spell it out. God, I need you to help me. How? I need you to heal this person. I need you to help me to know how to talk to that person. I need you to give me wisdom on how to share wisdom with this person. I need, Lord, I, there's a person over here that's got mar I, the marriage issues. That, Lord, I need wisdom with some financial decisions. I'm, so show me, open the door, let me talk to the right, let me know when it's the right person, the right thing. When it happens, let the light come on. Whatever you need to say, and however you think, this is my conversation with God. Just give me that revelation. It's not going to come. Maybe an angel's not going to fly down. It's not going to be a stork. It's not going to be, you know, bringing you a, 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 or a pigeon with a, a message on its left. It's not, it might not come like that. Sometimes it's just an illumination. It's like, oh, you know what? I think that might be it. So you pray with petition and you give God your thoughts and you tell him he knows them anyway. He's just wanting to know if you really know that you need to surrender to him. And that's where verse seven says, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart <laughs> and your minds. God's peace. I read that major life insurance companies have done studies over the years and they've discovered that people who attend church every week live five and a half years longer than people who don't. Why do I need to go to church? Well, just go on and die then. <laughs> I didn't say that came out of the Bible. That's the life insurance people. It's funny. They didn't ask me. I'm, I'm re-upping for some life insurance. They didn't even ask me that question on that question. Do you attend church? I'm like, they need to put that question on there. I should get a better rate. <laughs> so maybe it's because people who go to church let God have their worries. Because... Peter writes in his book, he says, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on God for you're his personal concern. One verse says, says it this way. One translation says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. 
And sometimes I just come to church and I'm standing there and they pull out this brand new song. Man, Pastor Jared, you're rocking me. And I, it's personal for you, right? I mean, I know that. And you talk about lifting their head on that bed. I mean, you're seeing something in your mind and, but just realizing he deserves our praise and our worship. So people say, well, how can you praise God when stuff's going wrong? No, that's the time you better praise God because you've got to get your head right <laughs> and your heart right. Man, where else am I going to go? No problems too big or too small to talk to God about. So the key to winning the war in your mind is worry about nothing, pray about everything. And thirdly, Paul said, thank God in all things. You must be out of your mind, preacher. He, did, he said, well, thank God. When you pray, pray with thanksgiving. Did, did you know that the healthiest human emotion is not love? The healthiest human emotion is gratitude. It's a fact. A study was done by Dr. Robert Emmon, and he found, and I quote, more and more researchers are finding that gratitude doesn't just make you feel like a better person, it's actually good for your health. Clinical trials indicate that the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects on a person's life. It can lower your blood sugar, improve your immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Man, I wrestle all night long. Maybe you just need to start saying thank you to some people. Maybe you just need to realize all the good things in your life that you can be thankful for. And stop comparing your life to all the junk you see on TV or social media and start looking at reality and, and think of all the good things God's doing in your life. Some of you miss the good things God wants to bring to you because you're not thankful for the stuff he's already given you. Some of you miss all the good things God... So if you want to lower your blood sugar and have your immune system be stronger and sleep better, maybe start a new habit before you go to bed and start texting a few people you need to just say thank you to. Maybe you need to start with the people in your house. Like, hey, thanks for dinner. Well, that's her job. Who said that was her job? Hey, thanks for doing the laundry. Who said, who said whose job that was? Well, that's what they're supposed to do. Well, maybe you're supposed to say thank you. Stop being such a jerk. That's not in my notes. I just felt good saying it. People who are grateful are happier, healthier, and they live longer. So being thankful makes you more resistant to stress and less susceptible to illness. <laughs> So when I want a dessert and I know I shouldn't eat it, I go get that can of whipped cream and I just, just about three or four times, put it back in the fridge, I'm okay for a while. Some of you just need to, you just need to stop and say thank you. Sometimes, don't let this get too close to home, but let it be a lesson for all of us. And I'll use myself, our journey 
You don't wanna wait till it's too late to say thank you because then they can't hear you. It does no one any good and then you have to live with the remorse and the regret. Start, some of you just need to do that today. We hadn't talked in a year and a half. Well, so, call him. Yeah, but you don't know what she did to me. Just be thankful. Just show some love. Because when you were a wreck, Jesus still came and said, I give you my all. And he says, I just want you to know that's how it works. Forgiveness and grace works not because you deserve it, but because you need it. Now, what I'd like to do is kind of land my, this whole series with a couple of thoughts. I've done a lot of studying through the years just in my personal journey. Now, I'm not, you know, there's different personality styles. Like, for what I mean by that is some people are melancholy, some people are not. I'm not a melancholy person but normally. Uh, the, the gas is always half full, the, the glasses are always half. I, I see the positive, I look for that. And, and some people don't, you're just wired differently. But I have learned that the most important conversation I have every day is the one I have with myself. You could call it self-talk or soul talk. And we may come back, teach some more on this later, but I've read where that in our mind, we talk to ourselves at a rate of 1,300 words per minute. Back to that riding in the car, all the stuff going on. So there's, there's conversations happening in your head. You don't even know they're happening. It's your subconscious. And then the things you choose to focus on become your consciousness. Notice that. There's a lot of stuff going on, but the things you choose to focus on become your consciousness. So what I say to myself is important. So I wanna give you a couple thoughts. Here's some statements I've learned in my soul talk that I make to myself. When I talk to myself, what do I say? I'm gonna share a couple things with you that I've learned that I deal with, some things that I've, these are things I literally say. First of all, when I talk to myself, I say, don't fear the future. Now, I'm a planner, I'm a strategist, I'm a business guy, I'm entrepreneur, I love business, I love people, I love helping people. I, so I think I have, to have a, I have to have a plan, like there's a path. I gotta see the path. But sometimes you can get stuck in looking out ahead, which you should do, you can, then you can start seeing all the negatives. So I've had to learn not to fear the future. Look at the, but if I do do this, not the, not the what if on a negative side, but the what if on a positive side. Like, well, what if this happens and it's not what I need, but, but what if it happens and it does? So over and over in the Bible, if you read through, through the entire 66 books, fear not appears hundreds of times. Someone said there's 365 fear knots in the Bible, like one for every day. The last one, I did read this one uh, yesterday and this week even, Revelation 1 says, Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the one who lives forevermore. He said, don't be afraid. It's like in the last book of the Bible, don't be afraid. Jesus said, 
Give us today our daily bread. So sometimes we get to worry about the future so much when we need to come back and just be thankful for today. And we need to speak to today. Okay, if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna save money, if I'm gonna pay that off, if I'm gonna build that relationship, if I'm gonna mend that fence in that relationship, that okay, I got all of this to do, and we get worried like, why well, is don't what do you need to do right now? When I say don't fear the future, I say, okay, well then what do I do right now? Don't be, what do I do now? Give us today. Paul said, today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. So don't fear the unknown. Don't fear eternity. Don't fear what God has prepared for you. If he could take care of the sparrow and if he knows the numbers of the hairs on your head, mine or less, he's keeping up, he will take care of you. Don't fear the future because God's got this. He got us to where we are. So when I talk to myself, I got to tell myself, why am I worried about the future? Let God give you a plan and then work it today. Work it right now. The second thing I say when I talk to myself is I've had to learn to bless what you don't understand. Bless what you don't understand. I read a story years ago this actually happened, there was a family in Scotland with the last name Clark. And they planned this incredible trip by ship to the United States. They got their tickets well in advance, had their passports, everything was ready. And just days before their departure, across the North Atlantic, their son was bitten by a dog and they couldn't go. For fear of rabies, Back in those days, they put a yellow sheet of paper on their house, and the boy was quarantined. And the dad was, he was upset. He cursed the dog. He cursed the ship. He cursed his son. He was, he was, he was upset. It was only days later that they received the news that the Titanic had sunk in the icy waters of the North Atlantic. Be slow to curse the things you don't understand. So the Lord did point out a verse for me a long time ago. There's two of them actually I'm gonna share with you. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord. Think about that. Let's say it together. The secret things belong to the Lord. You're saying that with kind of the same tone I, I read it in the first time. But let's, let's read it again. Say it with me. The secret things. And you got to leave it there. The key word is secret. But I want to know, but you may not. And some things you probably won't. There are some things God keeps to himself. Because he knows even if he explained it to you, it wouldn't satisfy your hunger to know and it still wouldn't mean you'd understand everything. Fallon, our youngest granddaughter, turned four last week on the 25th of January. It wouldn't matter how I tried to explain some things to her. She's not going to get it. I don't care how good of an explanation I give. She's still going to say, but why? We were coming home from school, picked up 
two of my grandsons from school this week and they got on that little, you know how kids do, say, but why? And then I asked something, but why? Because I said, but why? I'm like, and they're just in harmony back there. But why? And I'm like, that's exactly what church people do. That's exactly what we do. But why? But why? But why? And God's like, if I told you the but why, you still wouldn't understand. It wouldn't, you're like, okay, now that, I, now that you told me everything's all right. No, it was still, it, you, it's still not gonna be all right. So the second verse that the Lord showed me that really helped me and I lived with it, Janet and I, Proverbs 3, verse 5, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Let's read it together. He said, trust in the Lord. Come on, start with me at the beginning. Say, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I acknowledge you, God. You're in charge. You're here. You're driving the bus. I trust you. I'm buckled up. I'm on. Count me in. I acknowledge you. And then wherever you take me, whatever path that leads down, I'll be okay with it. Even though I look outside the window and I'm like, man, I don't want that. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I'm gonna hold on to you. I'm gonna stay with you. What do I say when I talk to myself? Don't fear the future. Bless what you don't understand. Third thing I say when I talk to myself is I always try to talk to myself at my highest level of faith. <laughs> Some of you, you just gotta decide. Whatever your highest level of faith is, like, Okay, I'm just gonna start there. Like, God, you're good. If that's it, then start there. Thank you, Lord, that I'm breathing today. Now, I, don't know where the, I don't know where the air came from. Somebody said it was trees. Somebody said it was this earth we live on, this system you've created, this ecosystem. Somebody said, you know what, the Bible says that there's seed, time, and harvest until God said no more. He set the earth in motion and there's nothing gonna stop it till he says it's over. And the oxygen comes from him and sometimes you just gotta sit there and take a deep breath and say, that's my highest level of faith. I just took another one and then another one. I've learned to speak out of my hopes and dreams, not out of my doubts and fears. Like, Janet, you don't live to see all your grandkids. And according to our sons and daughters-in-law, She's seen them all. Now she's like, but I don't stop there. She's like, I want to see them grow up, graduate school, get married. I want her to see her great grandkids, right? So you got to start speaking out of your highest level of faith, whatever it is. <laughs> oh gosh, we got a new church member here today. I just saw him. Ray. And Chantel have their new baby girl right back there, Aniston. Now, now there may be others, I just don't know you, but I know, I've known Chantel since she was three years old. Gosh. So, two weeks, Tuesday, almost two weeks, we'll be two. So, isn't that amazing? 12 days old. Hey, Aniston, what's up? Congratulations. Sorry. 
ADD. Remember you last week? But see, that's a simple thing. That's a high level of faith. Like, look at that miracle. <laughs> the highest level of your faith. Here's what Paul said. This is a cool verse, everybody. Paul said it this way. Look at it. I believed, therefore I've spoken. Let that sink in a little bit. I believe, therefore I've spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. So don't let this always do all the talking. <laughs> let, the, let the Holy Spirit do some talking. I know God loves me. I know God's planned a future for me. I know my sins are forgiven. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Proverbs chapter 18 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. I hate you. That's, there's power in that, but it's not for life. Start talking life. I believe, God, you can help heal my marriage and start by healing me. In those times when you're driving and you're praying, God, help me to have wisdom in raising my kids. I don't know what to do. God, I need wisdom in managing the finances of our home. I, I just need you to help me. Help me be disciplined. Help me to make some decisions. Help me. I just need help. Did you know God cares about that? He cares about your pain. He cares about your brokenness. He cares about your joy. He celebrates with you. He cries with you. God is there. And sometimes we come over to your house and it's, everything seems such in order and so nice and all of a sudden something happens. I, I didn't look up that time to see how many of you would jump even though who was paying attention, who wasn't paying attention. Pressure, pressure. God wants to relieve that pressure. God wants you to line up, just... And in Fallon, I don't know what she's thinking, but she's got, she's little, right? She's tiny. And she said, I, I just want a little bit. I'm like, you're nuts. Load me up. Like Chan and Mally, they're like spray it till it's like running and landed, running out the side. Like, put you back up in there. It's all over the floor. I'm just loving this. This is grandpa time. Y'all just leave me alone. Had some family over a few months ago and their grandson was with them. I got out the can of cream. <laughs> Tell your papa he needs to be doing that every, every afternoon when y'all hanging out. <laughs> and so the mother wrote me later. She said, thanks. Now I got to buy whipped cream every time we go to the grocery store. I'm like, I won. <laughs> if you're here today and you're like, pastor, would you just pray a blessing over me? I'd love to do that because there's so much built up in here and it's just indigestion and frustration and fear and sweats and worries. And, and I'd just like you to do this as an act of faith. You're like, Pastor, 
I'm going to stand right where I'm in just a moment. I'm going to ask you. I'm, I'm going to stand up, and by my standing where I'm at, I am declaring to the enemy that God is my Lord and that I trust him and that I'm going to cast my cares on him and I'm going to lean on him. And I'm going to walk out of this building today saying, Jesus, I'm not going to drag that can or that trash bag or that wheelbarrow behind me anymore full of all this stuff. I'm going to put it in the hands of the Lord. Now, you may have some decisions. You may have some things you need to do, but you're going to leave it here. If that's you, would you just stand right where you are right now? Just take a moment of faith. I'm standing in faith. I'm going to, I'm going to come on, close those eyes. Close those eyes and begin to tell him, Lord, you can have this and tell him what it is. Lord, you can have that. Tell him what it is. Lord, you can have this other thing. Tell him what it is. Tell him. And Lord, I'm praying because I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Lord, I'm praying because I'm dependent on you. Come on, talk to him. Just let, let the words come out. I don't care if people can hear you. doesn't matter. Just whisper them out. Just whisper them to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can we do that song we did? Do we have any singers here? Okay. Just keep doing it. Keep to talk to him right now. Father, I give this to you. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. I'm not gonna worry about this anymore. I'm gonna put it all in your hands. God, in the name of Jesus, that stuff that's already happened, I gotta leave it alone. I can't change it. I can't change it. Can't change the past. Can't change the stuff that's not gonna happen. Lord, take charge of my imagination. Take charge of, my, of all the fears that are tormenting me. I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. We're going to replace our fear with our faith. I'm going to trust God. I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to lean on him. God is good, and God does good things for his children. And I believe that. I'm going to speak at the highest level of my faith. I'm going to talk at the highest level of my faith. God is good. God loves me. God is for me. God is on my side. God is a healer. God is a leader. God cares. God brings relationships into my world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke fear. Fear, you have no torment. You have no torment. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. I declare that. That is what you said, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak. Everybody that's standing right now, Father, we cast our cares on you. We lean on you. We look to you. We're going to lay it down today. Come on, somebody, let it go. I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not going to walk out of here. In the name of Jesus, he is my Savior. He is my King. He is my Lord. I'm going to talk to him because I need him. I'm going to pray to him because I need his help. I need his wisdom. And I'm going to trust that he's going to order my steps. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, what if I'm going into stress? What if I'm going into trouble? God is with you. Turn that stress around and make it a dessert. Turn that around and make it joy. Turn that around and say, God is in charge. And if he started with me, he's going to finish with me. That which he started in me, he will see it through until it's accomplished in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just talk to him. Now, I want you to thank him. Lord, I praise you no matter what. I praise you in the circumstance. I praise you in this situation. I praise you because you're God. Come on, do it right now. Maybe you've never done that before. Lord, I'm going to honor you. You're worthy no matter. You're worthy no matter. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to invite everybody to stand across the room. No matter who you are, if you're not standing, join us because we're going to do something very special right now. We're going to seal the work that God is doing and has begun in your life today with receiving communion. So while you're standing, just remain where you are. The ushers are going to move quickly and we're going to distribute our communion together. You say, well, what if I'm not a member of Skybreak? That doesn't matter. You don't have to be a member of Skybreak Church to receive communion with us. You do, however, need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're going to honor him as his death on the cross and his blood for the sacrifice of sin and for healing by his stripes, you need to know him as your Lord and Savior. So we're about to pray right now. If you don't know him, you can receive him and then you take communion with us. So if you're going to pray that prayer, go ahead and get one of these as it comes by. Because we're about to pray right now. As soon as they're done passing these out, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, take one of these. And it's going to be your first act of faith as a believer to, to receive communion, honoring Jesus as Savior and Lord. When I was nine years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. And my mother knew I was so mean. She'd do it. So she's looking, whispering in my ear, saying, is, is that really you? Did Jesus? She just, literally, she, my mom asked me that. Nine years old. Uh, I didn't answer her. I just kept praying. Janet gave her heart to the Lord when she was six years old. She was even filled with the Holy Spirit, age six years old. Seven. Oh, my Lord, another whole year. Seven years. She gave her heart to Jesus. So why are you saying that? Well, you need to do it right now. Don't wait. And furthermore, that's what's happening in other rooms on this campus, those volunteers we talked about a while ago, especially those who serve in children's ministry, they're leading our kids in worship and leading our kids to receive Jesus. Do we do communion over there too? So there's going to be times when we, your kids need to do communion. Did you know you could lead communion at home? We do it in youth on Wednesdays. And we respect parents. That's why we don't do that in kids, would be my reason. Because it's, it's your decision for them. But we want you to know they can have communion too. So go home and give them communion. Get some orange juice and saltine crackers and have communion. And healing over their mind, healing over their bodies. Come on, somebody. Say, do I have authority to do that? I give you the authority in the name of Jesus. You're a, you're a son or daughter of God. You have authority to do that. Now, those of you who don't know Jesus, we're going to pray this prayer right now. And I'm going to ask anyone and everyone in this auditorium, and those of you watching from the other side of a screen, I want you to join with me. And I want us to pray together. Can we pray out loud like, like it's your first time? Are you ready? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for taking my place on that bloody cross and laying down your human life so I could have eternal life. Thank you for letting them beat you with 39 stripes 
for my healing. So I thank you, Jesus, for healing my body and healing Janet. And you put a name in there. And so I receive this communion. Some of you for the first time. I receive this communion. This bread is your body. And this cup is your blood. And as I receive it, I am declaring you are Lord. You are the Son of God. And you're the way to heaven. And your name is Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you partake. get your hands free. I want us to give Jesus the greatest ovation. Let me come on. Worship. Lift in our voice. Thank you, God. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for letting Jesus come into my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,